Welcome to the Chronicle on Riot Radio. I'm your host, Adriel Thomas. This is our first episode of the new year. Join us every Friday to hear news about our campus, our community, and beyond. Coming up on today's show, we will be talking about COVID-19's impact on student mental health, award-winning professors, and a haunted house. But first, we'll bring the news. Durham College is expected to remain mostly closed for all of the fall semester. With COVID-19 cases increasing, health experts say the second wave could be a lot worse than the first. Durham College President Don Navisa says students must wear a mask at all times when visiting campus. And he says rules and restrictions are more serious than ever before. When you enter the building, you must show security, either at schedule or having some reason to be on campus. Of course, we screen the students to read the signs. There, there's hand wash stations. As soon as you walk in, we have students to wash their hands, and their masks are required the whole time they're on campus, whether they're in the hallway or in the classroom. Lovisa says remote learning will continue next semester. Many students are feeling the effects of online learning on their mental health. Courses have been online for five weeks in and counting. Sam Bazart is enrolled in advertising and marketing at Durham College. He says he's seen an effect on his mental health. Definitely changed since the start of the fall semester. I mean, we've had s- just so much work been put on us so fast. It feels like there's been no time to really ease into it. Adapting to a fully online learning environment is difficult for some students. But what about the teachers? Matthew Shane has a PhD in psychology and is an associate professor at Ontario Tech. He says these are trying times for faculty and students. But I think that the inability to socialize, the fact that everybody's unfortunately stuck in their homes and, and the, the fact that all social interaction can only really be online between students right now, no doubt that's affecting mental health of students and teachers alike. Meanwhile, Bazard is turning to social media group chats to keep up with the work and make it feel like a real classroom. A professor in Durham College's plumbing program has been recognized for his teaching efforts during the COVID-19 pandemic. Edward Logan set up online workshops for other plumbing professors and used technology to connect with his students. Aidan Cowling McDonald has more on what this award means for him and the former student. Edward Logan taught online throughout the spring and summer. Not an easy task in a hands-on field like plumbing. So he made videos to connect with his students every week. He also organized two virtual events for plumbers and other skilled trades faculty across North America. The goal was to discuss ways to improve the learning experience in an online environment. Now he's being recognized with the Minister of Colleges and Universities Award of Excellence for his dedication. Logan was happy to receive the award, but he says he was humbled to even be nominated. I felt good, uh, as most people would feel good about being recognized for the work they've done. Uh, so it feels really good. I felt really good. I was really shocked and, and surprised, but uh, felt good about it. Former student Jen Crawford says Logan has gone out of his way to make learning easier for his students. She says his videos are helpful and he reaches out frequently to check in with his students. Yeah, I think it's uh, really good for him and he definitely deserved it. He definitely goes above and beyond. You can tell it's not just a job for him, it's a passion for sure. This year, Logan is excited to create more Kahoot quizzes and fill-in-the-blank activities He also plans to organize future virtual events for more faculty. In Oshawa, reporting for The Chronicle, I'm Aidan Callan-McDonald. For most people, checking their junk mail isn't a noteworthy event. 
But for one Durham College student, checking their junk mail may have changed their life. Sean McLeod has the story. Like 10 o'clock at night, and I was bored, so I just said, let me just check my spam, because a lot of stuff was going to my spam. And I looked, and I was like, oh, I said, is this real? Second-year Durham College photography student Fatini Don Ingham had just won a $10,000 student grant. It came from the Bermuda Art Council to help her continue her career in education in Canada. She had no expectations she would win since she applied for multiple bursaries and scholarships at once on just one website. For this application, she had to write an essay about her journey with photography. That journey started when she was just four years old with the gift of a disposable camera from her uncle, who was also a photographer. She worked multiple internships and jobs to save money to come to Canada at 23. She was pleased to find everything she wanted at Durham College. I really, I really, really loved the, um, the bro- how broad um, Durham College was with the different types of photography that they had. So I did see it online, and then I was looking at the, um, uh, the program, and I really liked how it had so much. It had, it had fashion, it has um, portrait, it has product, it has a lot of different aspects to do photography, and then also it has to do with um, the business side of photography. Although her second year hasn't gone as planned due to the COVID-19 pandemics, she's still living in Oshawa and contacts her family in Bermuda every other day through WhatsApp. When she's done her time at Durham, you'll be able to find Ingham in London, England, one of the fashion capitals of the world, pursuing her dream career in portrait and fashion photography. Reporting from Hastings for The Chronicle, I'm Sean McLeod. A former Ontario Tech soccer player has signed to play professional soccer in Europe. Fadi Salbeck was Athlete of the Year for the 2019-2020 season and was named a U-Sports All-Rookie. He has now signed with Ukrainian team FC Podilia Kelmenitsky. He was offered a tryout with the team in July and joined full-time in August. Salbeck scored 16 goals in 14 games in his freshman year at Ontario Tech. Head coach Raheem Mohamedi was impressed by Salbeck when he first saw him play. The moment he came and kicked the ball around, we knew that he would be, basically, he would have an impact in our team. The way he plays, the way he was enthusiastic, his technical ability. So when he came in the winter, and uh, we talked to him and he stayed with the team. So that the first time we saw, we knew that we have a good forward. We have a good striker. We would have a good striker. Mohamedi has a few tips for athletes trying to follow in Salbeck's footsteps. You have to get up at 6 o'clock. You have to practice seven days a week. You have to practice two times a day. Also, you have to you have to go to school. You have to work. You have to have family. All these professional players, they have family. They have, you know, you have to juggle it. Salbeck previously played semi-professional soccer for FC Vorkuda in Toronto, a team made up of many soccer players from Ukraine. The 2020 Lord's softball season was cancelled because of COVID-19, but Durham College's athletic director, Ken Babcock, is still excited about the college's new softball field. The new diamond is in the same spot, but now features artificial turf, new dugouts, a new scoreboard, and new bullpens. Press boxes and bleachers are expected to arrive in March. Babcock says the new field will be a valuable addition to the school's athletic programs. Lord's assistant coach Rosemary Terrio 
has been with the team for 17 years. She's impressed with their new home turf. But this field is something you can only dream of as a coach, to be able to walk out on and to have the girls that you love that are playing the game you love to play on it. And words don't explain it. You can't explain the words because it's just awesome. The Lords have won four of the last five national championships. And now, moving from campus to community. What does a homeless person look like to you? That's the question Daniel Cullen wants people to think about this week. He's the founder of the GAP Committee, the group that is working to end homelessness in Durham Region. It also helps to bridge people with the services they need, such as mental health supports. Cullen says he moved to Oshawa with the main purpose of raising awareness around poverty and homelessness. He started Homeless Awareness Week in 2014. Monday marked the start of this year's week, which ends on World Homeless Day on October 10th. But Cullen says just because the week is over, the work doesn't stop. He says unsheltered people in Oshawa face many challenges. Housing is a definite, the lack of affordable, adequate affordable housing is the big one. Opioid addiction is horrible in this town. Uh, the fentanyl addiction problems on the streets right now, it's, a, it's epidemic. The Gap Committee's Facebook page has highlighted information from the week. A can of tuna can go a long way. That's the message from a local music teacher behind an upcoming food drive in Oshawa. Christine Danvedino suggested the idea to two groups, Altogether Oshawa and Carebongers Clarington. Now they're holding a contactless citywide food drive on October 18th to benefit Feed the Need in Durham. She says there are many people in the community who are struggling. There's a lot of people who have lost their job through absolutely no fault of their own uh, through this pandemic, and they just, they're just not you know, getting the help they need. Residents can leave donations at the curb in front of their house. Volunteers will pick them up in the neighborhoods throughout the city. You can find more information at altogetheroshawa.ca to find out more. The United Way and General Motors in Durham Region have announced a new campaign to support those who are hungry and help the climate. Andrew Clark has the story. It's called Meals and Trees and runs until October 14th. For every $20 donation, two meals will be supplied to shelters and food banks in Durham, and tree seedlings will be given out to the donors. The United Way's Robert Harrod wants to see local communities work together to help with these issues. We want to empower local communities. Uh, We want to say to communities, uh, there are food banks in Oshawa, there are food banks in Ajax, and if we do a global campaign which makes it easier for people to do something locally, I think they're motivated. Since the beginning of COVID-19, Feed the Need in Durham has found the number of people using food banks has increased significantly. Here's Feed the Need's Victoria Darusha. Based on our our statistics, we've seen a 30% increase in food bank usage. So as what we're doing, it's like we are absolutely doing more this year than we have ever done. To learn more about Meals and Trees, visit the United Way in Durham Region's website. Reporting for The Chronicle, I'm Andrew Clark. This year alone, two pedestrians have been hit by cars. Several others have been injured. Durham Region Police have launched Pedestrian Safety Month in October. Sophia Birke has more on how to stay safe. The campaign comes as a reminder to residents that both drivers and pedestrians play a role in pedestrian safety. 
John Carnado is a retired transit safety specialist in Toronto. He says people often only blame drivers or the people walking, but both bear responsibility. So, they should drive defensively, obey the posted speed limit and don't drive while distracted, as well as scan right and left for pedestrians as you approach intersections. Increase your visibility by traveling with your vehicle lights on. And finally, watch for pedestrians that are distracted by items such as headphones, talking on the phone, or texting. Marina Silva was hit by a car a few years ago. She says pedestrians need to do their part to stay safe. Make sure you can see and hear traffic before entering the street. Wear clothing that helps you being seen by drivers, especially at night. Make eye contact with drivers before crossing. Don't jaywalk. Avoid texting or talking on the phone while crossing into roadways. Last year, one-third of all pedestrian accidents happened in October, November, and December. In Sao Paulo, reporting for The Chronicle, Sofia Birki. Amazon has arrived in a big way in Durham region. It recently opened a delivery center in Whitby, bringing with it hundreds of potential jobs. Whitby Mayor Don Mitchell says this is good for the local economy. It mainly means uh, a lot of new jobs, hundreds of new jobs, and then, uh, of course, Ajax has another Amazon addition, which is also adding a lot of jobs. So, uh, um, you know, jobs in the town and, and jobs in the region are, are all good news. The delivery center took over a former feeder plant that supplied General Motors in Oshawa. Mitchell can't say for sure if former employees of either plant were hired, but he says it would not surprise him. Amazon plans to open another location in Ajax in the new year. It's expected to bring a thousand new jobs to Durham and the surrounding area. For many of us, the COVID-19 pandemic is our first experience with a worldwide crisis. But for some elderly people in our community, there's a sense of deja vu. Mustafa Aziz tells us the story of one Ashwa woman who has truly seen it all. The COVID-19 pandemic has convinced many that 2020 is the worst year ever. However, there is one resident in Ashwa who might have a different perspective. Meet Thelma Baker. Do you call me Thelma? There are two reasons why Thelma has a different perspective. The first is... Yeah, I was born on June the 27th, 1930. And the second is... I come from Norfolk and Essex at the east end of London. Which means that when Thelma was around 9 or 10 years old, this happened. I was playing with the girl in the house where I was billeted and... We were on the hills behind the house because it was a country area. And suddenly there was this and it was a German plane flying overhead. We threw ourselves flat on the ground, which is what you've been told to do, and it missed us. I guess he had some extra money and he saw people on the ground and he decided to fire on us. There are a few similarities between 1940 London and 2020 Oshawa for Thelma such as the use of masks. Gas masks were given out to us immediately, and you never went out anywhere without this smelly rubber thing 
that was in a cardboard box with a piece of string so you could hang it round your shoulder. But she is quick to clarify. Well, yeah, there is a difference because the mask we're wearing is much easier to wear but with a full mask, a full rubber mask that you would have to put in to not be gassed. Which is why Thelma cannot understand why some people still protest having to wear masks, especially when it protects everyone. I don't have any time for people who won't wear masks. But does she think it was scarier to live through 1940 than 2020? She was just a child back then and says she didn't fully grasp the dangers of Second World War. Now at 90, she's worried about how vulnerable she is to COVID-19. I just don't want to catch it. I want to die a normal death, not something that's happening because somebody was careless originally. In Oshawa, reporting for The Chronicle, I'm Mustafa Aziz. Now, on to the weather report. I'm Andrea Iman with the weather. It's getting colder this fall. This evening, it's going to feel like 14 degrees with 19 kilometer an hour winds coming from the southwest and picking up overnight up to 26 kilometers an hour. Moving over to Saturday, we are looking at a sunny morning with a high of 17, but don't get used to the sun. There's a risk of thunderstorms in the afternoon with a 40% chance of rain and 24 kilometer an hour winds coming from the west. Then on Sunday, there will be a mix of sun and clouds with a high of 13 and winds coming from the east at 18 kilometers an hour. For the Thanksgiving holiday, it looks like rain with a high of 16. A great excuse for curling up with a book for the day. In Oshawa, reporting from the Chronicle, I'm Andrea Iman. And now to end on something fun. Right now, the COVID-19 pandemic threatens to put trick-or-treating on hold, but you may not have to miss out on Halloween entirely. As Andrea Iman reports, the Pickering Village Museum is offering a new kind of spooky event. Luckily, our site is like has a perfect layout for a drive-through tour. We have a nice wide gravel road through the village. We quite quickly adapted the walking tour to a drive-through tour, and it's it's been amazing. With Halloween just around the corner. The Pickering Museum Village has created drive-through tours through its 19th century village. And Supervisor of Museum Services, Laura Gibb, says there's plenty to be scared about. Well, to be honest, the fact that the stories are based on real accounts, like that for the, the first uh, point, like that's pretty scary. Those accounts come from staff and volunteers who have had different experiences with the same spirit. If you look closely during the tours, you might just see some ghostly activity. Gibbs says you want to be alone. Some visitors have seen it too. One thing you also see plenty of is pandemic precautions. Each visitor is guided through the village with an audio guide, sanitized after each person, of course. And so the audio guide is kind of like, like a Walkman. Um, with a with speaker attached to it. Like the speaker's part of the equipment. And that's how they hear the stories of the ghost tour in from their car. And then they go from stop to stop and they hear stories that are specific to those stops along the way. Each car is sent five minutes apart with only one car in each section. Not interacting with any other guests. So it really is just you and your car. <laughs> so it's a pretty safe activity to do for a, a night out. The tour costs $20 per car, 
is being held on every Thursday during October. In Oshawa, reporting for The Chronicle, I'm Andrea Iman. That's the news for today. Thank you for tuning in to The Chronicle on Riot Radio. And don't forget to check us out every Friday. Mm-hmm.